From WXXI and the Little Theater, this is Movies in a Microphone. I'm your host slash Parasite superfan, Scott Pukas, and today we're recapping the 2020 Oscars. Bong Joon-ho and Parasite were the big winners with four Academy Awards, including Best Motion Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best International Feature. We'll take a look back at this groundbreaking night and dive into what this might mean for the future of cinema, which is very dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) My first guest is new to the podcast. Beth Larder is a podcast enthusiast slash school librarian. Shout out to school librarians of the best. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome to our crazy little podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Our next guest is Jackie McGriff, owner of Jackie Photography and our resident hot take guru. Welcome back, Jackie. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, also here today, Adam Lubito, film critic and writer for City Newspaper and keeper of the Golden Burrito. Always a pleasure, Adam. And I always keep that burrito with me in my pocket for special <laughs> occasions. So as as you it should. Um, and so if, if someone's going online, they're browsing the internet, they want to read the Lubies, your film awards, where can they go? Uh, they can go online at rochestercitynewspaper.com, or if you want to find last week's issue, you can find it there, too. <laughs> you can just go digging through uh, to see if they're at the bottom of the Recycling bins, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> no one does that. Well, as long as they're recycling and not throwing them away. <laughs> so we're in a new studio today, and I, I had my back turned to the window, and everyone just <laughs> waved at someone. <laughs> I'm very paranoid of who's behind me now. <laughs> Uh, finally, we're joined by Matt DeTurk, the events and special programming coordinator here at the Little Theater and future founder of the Ni- of Nine Eye Plus, which is, of course, a Disney Plus-like <laughs> streaming service of films in the Nine Eye cinematic universe. Listen, I am absolutely here for it. She is ready. The, the, the films, the breadth of them are possible. The time is now. We're, we're trying to will it into existence. I, I think it'll happen. It's okay. I've never messed up your title, by the way, Matt, as everyone could tell by my, <laughs> by my smooth reading. You did so good, coworker. Yeah. <laughs> Inside jokes. They're, they're great for podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have to start with something that everyone is talking about, and that, of course, is... Beth's Oscar bingo board. Now, this is amazing. This is my favorite thing. Uh, You created this. Can you explain a little uh, about this, Uh, some of the things that are on the board, uh, the idea behind this, et cetera? Okay, yeah. So I was having a little Oscars party at my house, and so I wanted something that would kind of keep the group engaged, keep them watching and interested the whole time. So a couple weeks before the Oscars, I started brainstorming things that I thought might happen during the ceremony. My sister helped me. I got some help from people on Twitter. We came up with a list of 30 things we thought might happen. So on my personal bingo board, I did get a comment about the all-male director nominees. That was like immediate. Um, (laughs) A slam dunk. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) This one was also a slam dunk. Slam dunk. Quentin Tarantino looking confused because that is how his face looks. (laughs) Perpetually confused. I did put on here something that would make myself boo, which I feel like is a little bit cheap because, like, I was the one doing it. But my sister ended up baiting me into it. She, like, started booing at something, and then I joined in, and I was like, I was going to say, do you boo a lot? Is that a thing? I do boo a lot. It's just a bad habit. Is there a chance I will get booed this podcast? Probably not. I had on here, yeah, veiled political comment, um, someone shouting out from the audience, 
we had to kind of uh, fudge a little bit on Meryl Streep because she's not actually in the audience, but there was a clip of her from Little Women, so we counted it. Some that I wanted to happen that didn't happen. No one tripped that I saw that oh, on there. A real shame. I didn't have anyone telling their kids to go to bed. I thought somebody was going to tell their kids to go to bed. Um, no Jonas Brothers. I had one oh, of the wow. Jonas Brothers, just any of them. What else were the Jonas were Brothers doing? Were they not available? I don't know. I don't know. They were not there. Yeah. It's not um, the <laughs> and then I had Timothy Chalamet looking surprised, but I guess his face is just extremely neutral. So he really looked like kind of expressionless. He so, can never yeah. be surprised. You can't catch Timothy off guard. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My, my brother in law ended up winning bingo, and what he won on was somebody's speech getting cut off. So that mm. meant like, all the first 10 speeches, he just kept being like, keep going, <laughs> keep talking, because he really wanted someone to get cut off. But I think this year people did a better job of like stopping on time or something, because that didn't happen for a while. Yeah. Which is incredible. That, that <laughs> yeah. should have been the slam dunk. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, my winner for the Oscars bingo did get a gift certificate to the Little Theater. So, nice. oh, wow. good prize. That is a great <laughs> prize. <laughs> Pretty much the best prize. Yeah. <laughs> and so you said you're planning ahead to next year's yes. bingo board, too? So during the Oscars, I started making a list of things that happened to see if they'll happen next year. So... Let's see. Someone thanking their mom is going on for next year. I mean, if they if that doesn't happen, <laughs> then there's something happen. wrong. That's terrible. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio bringing a very young date. I mean, that is also going to happen. A choreographed musical number is on there. Someone taking a dig at Netflix. That's going on there for next year. Um, yeah. Oh, Ryan Seacrest looking short because he's standing next to a very tall woman. That's going on there for next year. <laughs> Someone getting censored because they uh, said a swear on live TV. Eminem, you're not welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so planning ahead for next year on those ones. We're going to make this a thing next year. I hope yeah, I, we're awesome. going to hand them out. We're going to make them rain at the little, go to the balcony, drop them down. Matt's nodding. I have his Thank approval. You. It's perfect. I love it. Like, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's the podcast, everyone. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Good job. Beth, thank you for this time. You made this very easy on the rest of us. <laughs> now, was a parasite victory on, on the board? I didn't. I did not have that on my board, but I did have that on my ballot. So feeling pretty good about that. Oh, okay. I also I did pick the parasite victory too. <laughs> As people know, I willed it into existence. <laughs> I made it happen. Um, so anyway, it, I mean, obviously it was a big night for Parasite. This was the big winner. Um, you know, were you guys surprised by this? Did this catch you off guard? Or I mean, obviously not Beth. She knew it was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but for everyone else, did this, did this surprise you? Is this something that you were, were totally shocked by, Matt? Um, I. Yes, was very, very pleasantly shocked mm -hmm. by it. Um, if you are a frequent listener of Movies in a Microphone, you will know that in our previous episode, I mentioned the fact that I really, really respect Parasite, but I do not love it the way Scott does. Um, and I that do love the it. reason is because I'm a psycho, like 100% totally. <laughs> you are a psycho. Because all those plot twists in it, I was like, how else would this go? So, like, it was very natural to me, which is crazy. So, let's like, use that at the beginning of this one to disregard all my opinions. The point is, <laughs> it's is what I do all the time. <laughs> oh, man. But the point is, but here. all of that said was the fact that an international feature that Bong Joon Ho, like, every time it was up and it won, 
like was so exciting. And as it continued to keep going, was so exciting. And I was so thrilled about it. And the, the party that Adam and I were attending was like, like a Super Bowl like situation, <laughs> like people standing up and screaming and yep. jumping and yelling and like yeah, people you, hugging. You would think the movie like they personally had made had just been <laughs> announced as Back to Truth with the response that that got. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the same thing happened um, at the party that I was at. The entire room erupted and never in my life. I think I said to someone, never have in my life have I ever been more happy to be wrong because I, produ- mm. I had predicted 1917 because like in the previous episode, Movies in the Microphone, I said that 1917 is that safe Oscar typical movie. Yeah. And then when they announced Parasite, well, first when they announced Parasite for like winning best international feature I thought oh my god well then it's not gonna win it's mm-hmm. not gonna win best mm-hmm. picture and then finally like at the end when Jane Fonda says parasite we all just kind of like stood up and cheered and it was exactly what you had said Matt like it was like this because the Oscars are my Super Bowl and so <laughs> and so like we're all standing up and cheering and people are just like laughing like it's just amazing so yeah no I was pleasantly surprised with that one too yeah, I think because a film not in the English language had literally never won before, there was no precedent for it. So people kind of expect, like, everyone I talked to were like, I, I would love that to happen, but it's mm-hmm. not going to. And then for it to actually happen was just, yeah, so exciting and so unexpected, for me at least. Because, um, yeah, I, I definitely didn't put it on my ballot um, <laughs> as much as I wanted it to win. So, yeah, it, and I'm, I'm so happy for it. Mm-hmm. Now, Beth, do you think you obviously knew this was happening? Do you, you think the Academy got this one right? Do you, do you agree with this? Yeah, I mean, I was actually surprised. I have a tendency when I fill out ballots to fill them out with my heart instead of my head. So even though I had it in my ballot, I was still surprised that, like, I was actually right about it. Um, yeah, I think, I think when I think about Best Picture, it's the movie that people will still remember in the future and I feel like Parasite is mm-hmm. that movie out of this list so yeah, yeah. I think they got it right and, and speaking of the future I, what, what could this mean looking ahead to movies um, this is the first movie to win from South Korea it's the first uh, international movie to win best picture uh, I've seen obviously for all of us we go to the little often we we love we love watching independent movies we love watching uh, international movies but for the mainstream it's it's not mainstream people are just getting into Bong Joon-ho uh, into Korean films uh, Adam, what do you think for the long term this could mean? Is this going to change the way the Oscars do it or maybe give more popularity to to these type of movies? Or is it more do you think it's more of a, a short term thing? Um, I mean, I hope it's long term. I think there's yeah, since it, it, a foreign language film had finally won, um, I think that shows that it can be done where it, previously those films had kind of been written off and be like, no, this will never happen. And now we know it, it can. Um, and I think it's. I think it might be a sign of that effort to diversify the the voting body of the academy might actually be having an effect since the past few years they've been letting in you know they've been making an effort to to round out uh the the type of people that were becoming academy members and a lot of those were international uh filmmakers and I think that's kind of the first thing that you've seen a sign that that's having an effect I mean, even last year um people thought Roma might have a shot mm-hmm. at it. It didn't end up winning, but that was the film that I think got had the strongest chance mm-hmm. in most people's minds of actually maybe doing it. And then this year, uh, you know, Parasite actually doing it. I think they were seeing this this gradual uh, change. Mm-hmm. I think. 
Jackie, what, yeah. what are your thoughts here? Um, it definitely opens the door for like global global movies because, like I said, like we're like we've been saying, like this is a foreign language film, and the fact that it won Best Picture shows that people are at least with their voting are starting to diversify the you know the the or at least like think about more about like movies that aren't our typical you know oscar sort of movies it's like this one tells a story but it's like it's in another set in another culture and so i think it opens the opportunity for more movies that we're not familiar with um to be considered for um awards and hopefully i mean this is a step in that direction i I am usually on the optimistic side. I'm kind of holding on that because I don't want it to turn into like, okay, we got Parasite now. Like, let's get back to like, you know, voting for the ones we normally do. You know, I it, 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 I don't want it to turn into like a, a, a tease. I'm hoping that it's that that it's a sign of more more opportunities, especially for diverse voices, to get in there as far as um, being recognized and also. Um, for audiences now to also be open to going to go see movies uh, with people of color and you know and and I guess more of the not so typical Oscar movie if that makes sense <laughs> yeah. yeah Matt do you do you, you agree with all this I, I'm taking I, you're, you're, I, I see a lot of head nodding a lot yeah. of nodding yes I concur <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do, do you think this will help with, you know, we'll see more movies with diversity both get recognized and, and get made, too? I think there's a lot of mm-hmm. great stories out there. Um, and, you know, even when Little Women came out, people were saying, oh, why not, you know, do a diverse version of Little Women? But it's I don't know I if that's that. what we need. We need we need these. <laughs> totally uh, there's, there's other yeah. stories. Yeah. yeah. Do, do uh, Matt, original. do you think this will help these stories get told? Absolutely. I think that we are at a point um, where we are deeply approaching a tipping point i think as a society and as a as a a a worldwide culture where people are finally after years and years and years and years and years like since the dawn of cinema of looking for more diverse films (laughs) Mm -hmm. and more diverse stories i think that finally whether it's a mix of you know finally the accessibility of modern filmmaking and the ease of it finally catching up with us or the fact that we're just at a point where, like, uh, I hate to sound, like, callous about it, but, like, the fact that finally um, they're making money, and so finally the studio systems are also like, oh, also this is a money maker. Like, well, yeah, no crap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that took forever. For, took like, forever. How many movies came out where they were, everyone was so surprised that who knew <sighs> that, you know, women go see movies and black people go see movies. Like, who could have yeah. predicted this? Yeah. Like, decades of, like, being surprised every time it happened. Absolutely. And so while 100% you still see those takes, all the time mm-hmm. like I think now we're finally tipping over into the point where people are like people are yelling back yes we know this <laughs> of course so just keep doing it like mm-hmm. because I think that artistically we need it I think the studios want it financially but I also think that like we are at a point now where absolutely artistically we mm-hmm. are uh, we're just we're ready for it and with especially with so much content out there now I think that there, of course, is the times where you're you're craving something familiar, but I feel like a lot of time you're craving a different version. You're craving something new. You're craving something far more 
exciting and scary. I keep going back to, it's always the end of Pleasantville that I always go back <laughs> to where everyone's talking about, like, in the movie that they're like, oh, everything's been pleasant. And Tobey Maguire, like, regardless of how one feels about <laughs> Tobey Maguire now, goes on a whole monologue about how there are so many things that are better than just pleasant and complacent. There are things that are exciting and sexy and dangerous. And I feel like we're finally catching up with Pleasantville. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be the tagline for the podcast, just that right there. I love Pleasantville so much. It's one of my favorites. Well, so another thing I wanted to touch upon, and I forgot to tell you guys this when I was doing my, giving you the notes, but uh, they're doing a Parasite uh, TV show. HBO is doing a miniseries. Bong Joon-ho is involved. What are you guys takes on this because i i don't know what this will be i don't know if it's an american remake i don't think i would like it as much Mm -hmm. if it's something more like fargo the series which doesn't follow the plot of the movie but it takes the same themes and tone and kind of transfers it over to like 10 episodes whatever i think i'd be on board for uh what are your guys thoughts on this do you you know are you looking forward to to this series or you might skip it because it's you know who needs the american remake of this uh what are your thoughts beth i'll start with you yeah i mean uh, yeah it's hard to say what i would think of it until i actually saw more information mm-hmm. on what it's going to look like but yeah i feel like part of what made parasite interesting is that it was korean like it was very rooted in like what is happening there now you know and so to just like pick that up and like plop it down in america and be like works here too you know what <laughs> i mean like depending on how it was done it could be really interesting or it could kind of lose the magic by like trying to transport it so i, I like know. to think that since bong is involved it will still have that magic but yeah i guess we'll see adam are you looking forward to this are you gonna watch yeah, like Beth said, it kind of depends on what it ends up being. Because, yeah, my, my gut instinct when they announced it was like, why? Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, I mean, I do can't help wishing that it had nothing to do with Parasite. Like if they just gave uh, Bong Joon-ho a blank check and be like, here, make something. Yeah, that's true. I, like, yeah. I feel like that would be much more exciting. But, again, may- maybe it'll turn out to be great and it'll be something unexpected. But yeah, it's hard to say. Especially now, I think it'll be interesting because now it's it's one best picture and so therefore it suddenly had such more visibility just as a result of the Oscars you have to wonder like I I have not read a lot of in-depth stuff about why they why it came about like but you have to wonder in that case if both Bong and and HBO are going to be like okay like should we take something and more take like themes or concepts or same actors like it would be kind of fun also to take like an American Horror Story vibe to it and literally take like that ensemble of actors and put them in different situations. But I know that's not exactly what they're, well, I don't think that's what they're doing. I think it's going to be American version of it. I, I do too, but I know Bong did say that he he had other stories. Like when he was writing the script, he had more. Yeah. Um, which I, I'm assuming are different characters and, and there's a lot more going on. So I'll definitely give it a chance. I think it'll be a little disappointing if it's just just a straight up remake that's longer. Yeah. Longer and probably not as good would be, would be that. <laughs> Because I mean, do we really need another American remake of something? Like I, I just I can't stand that. Like we do that all the time. We we take these international stories and then we make it to to American, and it obviously like it doesn't always translate. Because again, we were talking about two like many different cultures, and so I mean, if it's you know if it's 
Korean driven or if he has these other international stories that he wants to get into great otherwise I'm like again like I'm not I'm not interested in a an American remake of something I'd rather have it be more original to that culture or what or you know whoever or like whatever culture that you know the the story is in that's what I that's what I wanted in yeah <laughs> but more but original stuff. we could maybe have a Jackie re- or a Jackie rant then of, of these remakes. I mean, sure. Like if you want to do, I will give my one take. So you know this, my my one take, my <laughs> my hot takes. Um, always, absolutely. Is but, this a good yeah. time for me to do a commercial break and say that Downhill, uh, <laughs> a, re- a remake of a of a in, our international movie Force Majeure, is coming to the Little on February 14th. Will Ferrell and Julie Julie Louis Dreyfus. I, I was just about Lame. to say. I talked about that a little bit in my review of Downhill that will be on stands this week. (laughs) Yeah, because, yeah, it's a a remake of a Swedish film called Force Majeure that I think is better. I mean, as much (laughs) as the things I liked about Downhill, um, I was like, I feel like if you really want that story, go, you know, seek the original, not the the copy of it. Um, Yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say, truly, I wonder if Parasite's Wind will have an effect on, on those kind of American remakes where people, where they realize that people will pay attention to the original. Mm-hmm. If if you draw attention to mm-hmm. those when they come out and they won't, don't have to, you know, make the same story, but without the subtitles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know why there is a, a barrier. And I know during other accepted speeches, Bong has, has mentioned, you know, it's not, you know, the subtitles, just a small thing. And, and I've seen comments like people like, oh, the reading throws me off. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm like really? Never. I'm sorry. I have another hot take. <laughs> Get over it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, be- seriously. Seriously. Because you're missing out on so much stuff. I mean, okay. So there were these movies several years ago now. I can't remember if it was. In, I'm, you know, I'm not going to misquote whatever, like wherever it came from. I'm just going to say these two movies, The Raid and The Raid 2. Mm. They're the, the, like the best fight choreography I've seen in my life. Now, like the, I mean, the plots are, I'm just going to admit it right now, they're, like, razor thin. But, like, at the same time, it's exciting. Um, it's very, it, I mean, it's very interesting. And, like, just the way that you're seeing another culture. Again, like, they were talking about, um, like, making an American version. And I'm like, no, like, let's not. Like, let's tell more people about it. I mean, I know I've talked to, like, other you know film nerds and when i mention the raid or the raid 2 like they instantly start like lighting up and they're like oh my god like these movies are amazing and i love enjoying it and like or I, I enjoyed the movies and everything and i want them to make another one like if we had if studios put as much attention i think into um into movies like these um as they did with you know, like big blockbuster movies, I think we'd see a shift. Like, honestly, because I think when it comes down to it, I think it's all about marketing. Like if you, if you, studios jobs are to point you towards like what they really want you to watch. Right. So if like a studio is like, okay, we really want to get people more excited about international films and everything. Um, And they put their marketing somewhere like they, they had like a set, like, I don't know, they had, like, money allocated towards telling people, like, the general public about international films. I honestly think we'd see a shift in what audiences, especially in America, are watching. And so, to me, there is that 
there 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 are those people out there who will want want to watch these movies and i think if you point them in that direction they'll you'll definitely hear more and like see more people going to these kinds of films and they won't care whether or not there's there are subtitles i mean yes like there are people out there who get annoyed at having to read the screen but imagine what it's like for people on overseas who are watching our movies who need subtitles so if they have to do it and you know part of the money that's coming in is also international if they're having to do it then we can also do the same like i'm sick and tired of just hearing about oh i have to read subtitles well i mean when you watch some people like when they watch british stuff have to have subtitles because of like the <laughs> accents true. are like oh, super yeah. thick yeah. Yeah. so i'm like okay if you can get over that you can get over <laughs> the other international like the, like international films where you do not speak the language so i mean at the end of the day i'm just gonna say get over it like <laughs> just watch because honestly you're missing out on so many other amazing amazing films you know that were shot elsewhere and but did they have something to say and you're learning a little bit about the culture and it's just it's just gonna make your movie tastes and kind of like broaden your world views i think it's something else i talked about in the last podcast but yeah that's that's one of my hot takes. <laughs> I'm inserting a round of applause <laughs> right, right in here. The, the audio is going in there. Can I just uh, add really quickly on top of that? I just yeah. want to say that especially I think it'll be interesting to see as we continue to shift because um, since now, s for better or worse, videos autoplay online on most mm -hmm. social networks. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, as a result, they autoplay silently. So more and more times, it's mm -hmm. also you're getting people actually adding captions or subtitles right. to them it's making it actually far more part of people's day-to-day -day mm -hmm. life and oh, so yeah. i think it'll That's be really true. interesting to see as that progresses like what kind of an effect we know how we we know social media has a ton of terrible effects on things but it'll be interesting to see in that case if it actually normalizes mm -hmm. video captioning and mm -hmm. subtitles to the point where people are just more used to it right and then secondly with that uh, also on the case of Something's good, something's bad. But like one of the things I think is interesting as a, a case study about American studios um, being good advocates for international features mm -hmm. is how John Lasseter and Pixar treated the Studio Ghibli films um, during their releases um, initially in the country. Like I saw Spirited Away at the Little, like because of the fact that Pixar actually bankrolled it to have a US release. Now, it was dubbed. So there is that aspect to it, which this raises more issues than we can possibly go into right now. <laughs> but but like it's a case of but like but like I saw that like when it came out and it completely changed the way I thought about international foreign film and especially animation in that case because I had not yet been exposed to Miyazaki stuff. And I'm forever grateful for like that opportunity. Um, and it was interesting that in that case, seeing the Fathom event recently, and since I originally had seen the dub of it, and then over time had gotten familiar with it, and then saw the sub recently, and I was like, whoa, it is really different. Like, it was really neat. It was cool. Yeah, and, and I think it's nice to see uh, international films get recognition. Like you said, it opens up a new audience. Um, so what I'm wondering is, is what's next? I mean, it's like, like again, Parasite, South Korea gets that recognition. Uh, but what about women filmmakers? What about Lulu Wong for The Farewell? Um, Olivia Wilde, Booksmart, when her comedy is going to get there? What about horror movies like Get Out got nominations, but usually horror shut out comedy is. You know, are we going to see some of these these other movies and other filmmakers get some credit too? Do you think this is the start of something good or 
or is it maybe just a just a one 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 off thing? Uh, what what do you think, Beth? Yeah, I mean, I think we would all agree that like the Academy still has a long way to go in terms mm. of recognizing diverse films, diverse creators, diverse actors, um, mm. and I think that it it will come down to you know it will either just continue as it is until they like keep probably adding more people to the academy to kind of balance things out or i mean i think the more positive view would be that it becomes um kind of a cycle where like something like parasite gets recognition people are more aware now of foreign films and they get interested in them and then the studios recognize that interest and put more into it and then it could become sort of like a signal boosting which then results in more recognition but i think it is still disappointing when you see like amazing films come out with female directors and you're like well this is so exciting this is improvement we're seeing something great happening and then you see the nominees and you're just like what (laughs) (laughs) what happened here you know so i think it is i think we're seeing improvement Mm -hmm. i think it's already happening but i think that like I think we need to continue to support those films mm-hmm. in order to get that cycle happening. And hopefully the Academy catches up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to think they will. But I mean, this year there were so many good films from women filmmakers, like <gasps> documentaries, Hell Satan from Penny Lane, uh, Honey Boy, which we played at the Little was great. Like there was, I mean, honestly, it was a little embarrassing that they didn't. Uh, Adam, do you- be, I was just going to say, and to be fair, the I think four of the five, uh, documentary films that were nominated did have female directors or co-directors mm-hmm. so at least at least some of the documentaries got some recognition but no mm-hmm. yeah and your favorite film of the year uh portrait of a lady on fire opening march 6 at the little um <laughs> did not get any love uh, just because they didn't like i don't know um they didn't try to pitch it to the oscars or anything <laughs> like it's i mean that's kind of ridiculous too, yeah right? i mean that one gets into a whole lot of other issues where that um, because France didn't choose that film as their official submission for mm-hmm. for international feature, um, they went with with Les Misérables, um, and so the dis- the distributor of the film didn't have as much motivation to really push that film mm-hmm. because it was so it's usually so unlikely for foreign language films to cross over in other categories, mm-hmm. so it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, but at the same time, it was the same distributor that put out Paris. It was Neon, so, yeah. So if if when they have the motivation, clearly they can do it. But because they didn't for that one, it just kind of kind of petered out, which is sad. Because yeah, it's a it's a great film, and I hope people check that out when it opens. Yeah, and you know, I'll just repeat a point I made earlier. It's for us, we're all movie fans. Like we'll, we'll probably go check out movies like that anyway. But for the mainstream, like I'm so surprise now where people are like oh my god parasite have you have you heard this i got i have to check this out and mm-hmm. you know which yeah. is why we're bringing it back at the little hoping to get the black and white version out of fingers I, I think awesome. we probably <laughs> i think we probably will and, and that's what I, that's one i want to see matt's agreeing oh yeah if, if we don't blame matt it's, <laughs> it's 100 matt's fault matt wants it too though <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just so good to see like some of the movies like that get into the mainstream. But Parasite was the one movie that I, I think I had more people go to the little just because I'm like, you have to see this. And obviously, it's my job. I do that all the time. But I was very forceful of my family and friends. I was like, no, this is, movie is crazy. Just trust me. Go see this. And I think that that is something, regardless of whether or not we think that the Oscars are actually a reflection of the best films of the year. We all have different tastes, blah, 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 blah. But like... I think that honestly what the Oscars are very good at is signal boosting on mm-hmm. things and 
that definitely ends up being a situation where at least I know with with my family who, yes, get tired of me harping on things throughout the whole course of the year that they're like, I've never heard of this. And then all of a sudden the title shows up at the Oscars and they're like, oh, I think you mentioned that. Well, now I'm interested. And I'm like, thanks. But yes. <laughs> but like the Oscars kind yeah. of bring that element of of people still looking at it as a, an element of clout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I saw so many comments on you know social media posts about the Oscars of people going, "Oh, I, I had never heard of that. I'll have to check that out." And mm-hmm. like, yes, that's li- yeah, mm-hmm. the best <laughs> the best thing that comes out of yeah. the Oscars, I think. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing is again the little we show international movies. That's what we do. So I <laughs> I had a tweet today where someone's like, "Oh, I'm interested in these other movies." I'm like, "Hey, if you like Parasite and you like these movies, we show them all the time. Please come here, yeah. read Adam's reviews. Like this is." This is our community. Listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> join our millions of listeners. <laughs> listen to the podcast. podcast on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this yes. 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 yes, they're listening now. And they're like, I a hundred percent of the people listening already are listening. They don't they don't need that message. I should I should listen to this. Oh, Wait. So if you are listening, yeah. spread the word. <laughs> Tell everyone, blast us really loud loud in your car and roll down the windows. <laughs> So others can hear my my voice, and, which I've been told is a very I have a very Rochester accent. I've I've been yeah, told. Yeah, I've been told that. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, but I I notice it now in like, people, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, that's right. That is our accent. Holy crap. Um, jeez, yeah. No, it's, sorry. We need an auto tune filter that filters it out. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm very I'm proud of the that the Rochester. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just yeah. I'm just saying I notice it now more. Yeah. <laughs> I get when people tell me because I do radio spots for the little and then when people are like your voice I can tell you're on because you sound <laughs> you sound like you don't belong on the radio you don't actually say that far. but that is yeah. a good advocate for Rochester that is Scott yeah. Pukas has the voice of Rochester Ooh. is what I'm asking <laughs> there you go. but actually I've had I've had to I've had for some people like you sound so Rochester and some are like oh when Kai Rizdahl is on I think it's you which is like the most NPR sounding voice too <laughs> So I'm like, what is it? I can't be both. Or can I? I don't know. You're all parts now. So. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, I know, I know that voice. And I'm like, I don't know if he sounds like that necessarily, but like, it's a good voice. Like whoever said um, like, because it sounds Rochester and it's not good. I'm like, that's lame. Like, no. No one actually said that. I was, okay. I was, I was paraphrasing basically like okay. that my voice stands out. They didn't say it was a bad thing, but, okay. but thank you for, for yeah. defending, <laughs> for defending my <laughs> honor. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, what the heck? We will all come to your defense. Exactly. I, I like all to have man. my honor defended. So this <laughs> this is like, fantastic. I like mini therapy sessions for Scott. In the middle <laughs> of the like, let's talk about therapy, or I will turn off all your mics, and I will just talk. Uh, yeah. So this is our first tangent here. This is, this is always, always. We made it. A, we made it thirty minutes without a tangent. That oh. was not bad. Okay. So that was our one. Because I had. Another, I had another thing, but it still had to do with the Oscars. Oh yeah. So. Go. Yeah. So um. Well, go ahead. Go on. I what I so here's a thing that I didn't appreciate. Um in the beginning is that they had references to Midsummer in the dances. And I'm like, okay, so you guys clearly know that Midsummer exists. Um why not also give it more recognition than people having on like little like flower crowns while they were dancing to um Janelle Monet's introduction there. I was like what? The, and there were a couple other movies. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. that was clearly purposeful, like finding yeah. a way to wedge in some movies that exactly. didn't get the right. Because yeah, I'm there like, was. 
Dolomite's My Name Is. Yeah. There were, um, yeah, there were a bunch of films that didn't get any nominations. But and they I'm were like, what, what is we'll, it? we'll put them in the dance Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's lame. Yeah. So it's, that was, I was just pointing to that. <laughs> well, this is why people need to, to read the Lubies. The Golden Burrito has, has all these movies covered. It's true. <laughs> all of them. All, all the ones worth recognizing were recognized because yeah, those are perfect awards. <laughs> I would like to just at least mention, like, um, I am here for Janelle Monet musical numbers oh, yeah. in every oh, yeah. Oscar Absolutely. ceremony. Not, not even just Oscar ceremonies, just daily. I'm <laughs> because, like, literally when they started with her, my face lit up. I was <laughs> so excited. I was like, <gasps> I'm ready. Like, Janelle Monae. I, I felt we got more crowd reaction shots this time, too. I don't know who's directing, producing that, but they did a great job of getting the, especially when Eminem came out, yeah. which I, you know, I was there for, for lose yourself. I, I'm okay <laughs> with course. it, but, but the, the reactions just made it so much, so much better. They were hilarious. Oh my gosh. I need a, I need cameras in, well, we have cameras in the other studio, <laughs> but I want your guys' reactions. Like if I say something dumb or, or something, usually something clever and smart is, is, is usually what happens. Uh, any other Oscar hot takes before I kind of shift gears a little? Is there anything we want to talk about this year's Oscars? Anything that that you have to tell an audience? You have to get off your chest, Matt, at something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I just have a question for the group. Uh, we're now several years into uh, No Host. How do people feel about it? Um, Please, please, dear God, have Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig host. Please. Yes. Please. Yes. Please. Because seriously, their whole bit about like, oh, we can act too. Like that just had me on the floor. Like I was in tears laughing because they're, they're amazing. They're hysterical. And I'm just like, I would love them as hosts. Seriously. That'd be hilarious. I mean, we've been like the Oscars have been great, you know, like without the hosts. But at the same time, I really would love to see them as hosts next year. That'd be great. And it's then they can really just want more of them. I just yeah. want more of them. Yeah. Which just, I'm on board just, for. Just to be honest, like the two of them, I could have just watched that all day. But then it would have gone to midnight. And yeah. It'd been crazy. And they can act. They were playing that kind of for laughs. But yeah. but they but can they act. Can yeah. Act. yeah. <laughs> So maybe they'll be nominated and host next year. Yes. That that is the dream. Yeah. Maya Rudolph and anyone because I feel like any yeah, time, anyone true. she's been paired with in the past couple of years because one year it was with, like Tiffany Haddish and I was like yes oh, get them to host. Gosh, yeah. So I feel like it's just the answer is Maya Rudolph. Yes. Yeah. yeah one thing with like the hosts is like I was noticing that like the hosts felt like they had to like one up each other where it was like mm-hmm. oh you did something really crazy I'm gonna do something crazier and like mm-hmm. order food for everybody you know yep. so like I don't miss that but mm-hmm. like there is a certain continuity to having like one person you keep mm-hmm. coming back to mm-hmm. and the like having a famous person introduce another famous person to introduce <laughs> a bunch of famous people was kind of just like, all right, we get it. You're all famous. Like, good for you. Like, yeah. It did start to that feel like a little, a little bit much. Like they were like, how many people can we get in here? That, the introductions of the introductions <laughs> yeah. was weird. Yes. That was like me introducing Beth to introduce Adam to introduce Jackie, who would then introduce Adam or Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Adam back to me. Who would then go back to Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stand here in the corner and be like, I'll present. <laughs> I This is the second podcast in a row that I have messed up your guys' names. I don't know what's happening. Oh, here. listen. We're well, we used it, to it. We're used to it. It happens all the time. So, yeah. I'm a twin, so I have my name messed up all the time. I just found that out. I did not realize that. I think it was finally one of your jumping pictures like, of your family. And I was like, why are there two Scots? What's <laughs> 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 We don't look alike, though. <laughs> we do not look alike. 
but I am a twin. Um, which oh, this is I'm gonna kind of. Do you think I can? I think I can transition the twin part into what I'm going to talk about next. Not really, but the uh, it got me think of Three Identical Strangers, which is oh. kind of similar to a movie that I'm going to mention later, but I, I can't quite tie it in. But um, you know, I always think of Oscar seasons as as the, like what Jackie said, the Super Bowl. So this mm-hmm. is the end of the season. So after this, it's a clean slate. We can look ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to look ahead. Let's see. I mean, you know, we kind of did that a little talking about what we want to see in next year's Oscars. Uh, but what movies are you guys looking forward to? They could be maybe movies that we'll see come Oscars next year. They could be big blockbusters. They could be anything. Whatever you're looking forward <laughs> to seeing. It could be uh, a certain filmmaker you want to see something for or a performer. It's wide open. Jackie, what, what yeah, are your you thoughts Yeah, you keep looking here? at me. I'm like, okay, I guess I I'm can going. barely see you. Though, it's fine. It's fine. Let no. it be noted that my chair is way <laughs> lower than everyone else's. They are all towering over me, circled oh around me. God. Okay. Um, let's Everyone's see. frantically looking at their phones, be like, I don't know. Right. What yeah, no, I literally was like, okay, which ones am I looking forward to? Um, okay, so Tenet, which is the next uh, Christopher Nolan film. Again, I know it has something to do with palindromes. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what's happening, but I'm very, very excited. And I don't also, need to know what happened. I don't I, need I'm to know. It's a, Christi- it's a Christopher Nolan film. That's all I need to know. Yeah, um, me too. And, I mean, it's featuring John David Washington, who was awesome in Black um, Klansman, and um, I'm just looking forward to seeing more of his, like, more of his filmography. Um, and if it's, uh, I'm gonna interrupt for one yeah. second. So if it's time travel, which it looks like it could be kind of time travel, kind of like a yeah. recursion, which is a good book I read. Um, then Denzel Washington can come in and play the older version of him. <gasps> oh my God, that's his amazing. real life father, oh. real life father and son duo. Oh, that oh could be gosh. a surprise. Matt Damon had a surprise role in a Christopher Nolan movie. We can't rule out Denzel in, in Tenet. I'm saying <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, let's see, In the Heights, uh, which is based yep. on the musical. Uh, <laughs> a lot of nodding here. <laughs> yes, Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda, my favorite person ever. He listens um, to the podcast. Too, yes, the yes, he does. Um, <laughs> Island. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. Um, because of Hamilton, I'm like, okay, I want to see like the other stuff that he's written and everything. So that he actually made before. Do you think it'll be as big Hamilton. as Cats, though? <laughs> oh yeah, I don't even have a comment for that one. Um, yeah, I uh, hopefully it's like. It, it it's bigger in a sense that it's actually good rather than disturbing. Um, so I don't know. So yeah, I'm hoping that is popular and it's amazing and it's Lin Manuel Miranda. So I'm thinking you can't go wrong. Um, Wonder Woman 1984. Um, just because I just want them to explain how Chris Pine's characters um in the movie. Um, uh, that and it just looks amazing. Like it looks. Just also like the coloring, the trailer, everything. I'm just like I'm ready. Adam and I've been a little obsessed with the the remix of Blue Monday that has yes. been used in the trailer. Yes. Yeah, like oh, so it's so a good, good track. I'm drawing a blank on who did Baltic something or other. Baltic Symphony something. Orchestra. I don't remember. Sure. So. Anyway, <laughs> it's on Spotify. Look it up. I'll, I'll um, dub in the right answer. It's okay. Perfect. The, let's see the new Wes Anderson film, The French mm-hmm. Dispatch. Um, it's Wes Anderson, and so I'm automatically like, yes, I'm all in. Um. Let's see. The Assistant, which looked interesting. Cool. I had my, like, I, I was looking at the trailer, and I'm like, is this about Harvey Weinstein? Which it is. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Slightly. So Have you seen it, Adam? I have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that one. It's Julia Garner, who is great in uh, in Americans, too, as mm, well. That's another good series. Um, let's see. Promising Young Woman. 
Carrie Mulligan starring. You have a lot um, of ones on my list. I, I should, yeah, I, I should not you down the list. I was Google. I was like, what's coming? And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's all. right. I know. Um, um, so can I talk about Promising Young Woman? Yeah. Have you seen this, Adam? Or no? Oh no, oh, no. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I want to. So it's. I found out. I did not know this. It's from the Killing Eve uh, showrunner too. Um, I think oh, their new showrunner. So yeah. I think yeah. Um, and it's about a vigilante, a vigilante who pretends to be drunk at bars and then gets mm-hmm. revenge on predatory men, yes. which is very intriguing. It got a lot of buzz at Sundance, mm-hmm. which I think was where it premiered. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited about that one. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I did interrupt. No, that's fine. That's fine. No, I yeah, that looked that. that that looked promising to me. You yeah. have taken a lot on my um, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I seriously okay. should not have let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> say, I'm really glad Jackie did this because now I don't have to talk. It's oh, my gosh. Um, you still, you're required no, to talk. It's, no, it's, it's hilarious. Um, oh, man, the good times we have. Um, <laughs> so then <laughs> on this podcast, yep. Um, Mulan is on another list. Okay. Um. I mean, I personally, I actually like the move to not doing the, a musical, but actually making it more like serious and because it is loosely based, very loosely, like based on true events. Yeah. Um, and then The Quiet Place, too, because I loved mm. the first one and I'm looking forward to see what they do with this one. So that's that's my list. and we're done that's a good list just looking looking ahead at all the movies coming out and and hearing you talk about those it's like oh there are a lot of good movies coming out the first Quiet Place is great Mm -hmm. I saw it um, and my brother came in late to the theater which at the very beginning it's obviously all super quiet so he's like coming in being loud like trying to look for us well at that point I was like I'm like in the movie and I'm scared to like eat my popcorn because I'm like it's super quiet and I don't want to be that person that's making noise I'm a loud chewer too unfortunately yeah like that's what that movie that's what that movie made me like I was like should I even be like doing this right now this is crazy yeah is anyone else? I said you guys. Does anyone else need more time to lick their phones for upcoming <laughs> movies, or, or does anyone want to tackle this next? I can go if you guys need more time. Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> so anyway, Jackie took all my movies, <laughs> but not all of them. Okay. So I've been um, I've been watching a lot of documentaries recently. Uh, the One Take Film Festival coming up April 30th to May 3rd. This is our fourth year, um, and actually, this one I'm mentioning is is. Well, we haven't scheduled any movies yet for the, the festival we're still looking. So this is this is the one that premiered at Sundance, so I've not seen this. Uh, it's called Assassins, which, okay, you tell me there's a documentary called Assassins, and you say it's a global thriller. I'm like, okay, I'm on board. So it's about the 2017 airport assassination of King jo- Kim Jong-nam, which was the half-brother of Kim Jong-un. Um, and so this, it sounds very intriguing right there. Um, and the doc, it's from the person who made the, the Dr. Ruth documentary too. So I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's kind of a, that's that's a an abrupt turn. <laughs> so I'm in for that. And so it spotlights, spotlights these two women, uh, who did the killing and then why, um, and reading a lot of reviews, it reminds me of three identical strangers, which is what I was mm-hmm. alluding to earlier. Um, where people are like, it's just crazy. Like your jaw will be dropping. You yeah. won't believe what happens next. It's just kind of a. A crazy true story so i'm looking forward to that um just yeah a lot of a lot of good docs too i think and mainly i probably my favorite movie uh of this upcoming year is one that i've not heard about now we were talking before the podcast i'm like i didn't hear about parasite a year ago or jojo rabbit or a lot of these movies just kind of pop up on your radar after like a film festival or after sundance or 
um, you know, after TIFF or something. So I, I think probably there's a lot of movies I don't know about now that I'm excited and, and will be awesome and we'll be talking about in the podcast and Jackie will be giving hot takes on. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Which is kind of a cop-out answer, but <laughs> but still a good answer. All right, Beth, do you have any movies you're looking forward to or any yeah. like directors or performers you want to see? I mean, yeah, I think Jackie pretty much hit everything I was going <laughs> to say. Jackie stole all of our thunder. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would agree. I would say most of the time the movies I'm excited about, I find out like two weeks before they come out, you know, and I get excited about them then. Or I see a trailer or something like that. But I am definitely excited about um, continuing to work in more like of the independent films and trying more foreign language films and things like that and really just trying to expand and not obviously just watch the big box office ones, but like probably also some of those as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really have no idea at this point. But definitely the short films that's like the oh, highlight of my yes. film. so this is like looking ahead like to 2021 but like i do get very excited about when the short films come out all together it's, it's my favorite of the year especially the animated and sometimes some of my favorite movies of the year have been the the shorts yeah. um world of tomorrow the don Hertzfeld uh animated yeah. one was my favorite when that came out a few years ago um, I love Kitbull because the cat Aww, looks exactly like my cat. And I, I just <laughs> cry every time. Hair Love was amazing. Yeah. Um, Learning to Skateboard was one of my yeah, favorites. Yeah, the docs and live yeah. action yeah. were great. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's a good answer. See, you, I, you, you followed your heart for that answer <laughs> and came up with it. All right, Adam, do you want to give us a, a preview? Uh, yeah, um, we mentioned it before we started recording, but I'm looking forward to Dune. Um, just because I love the filmmaker uh, Denis Villeneuve, ah, yeah. um, since I loved what he did with like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, so I'm excited to see what he does with another, you know, big budget classic science fiction story. Um, I you reminded me when you mentioned documentaries. There was another one out of Sundance that I was excited to see uh, called The Mole Agent which is about a private investigator in Chile who hires someone to work as a mole at uh, retirement homes where a client uh, suspects uh, the, the ca- uh, caretakers of elder abuse. So there's, he puts a spy in like nursing homes, which I just think sounds fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in, as a fan of the TV show, The Mole, I'm, I'm excited in any espionage and, and like sabotage and, and undercover, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, definitely. Um, another one I'm looking forward to uh, is Mank, uh, the new David Fincher movie about uh, screenwriter Herman Mankiewicz, um, who is the writer for Citizen Kane, and about his, uh, you know, the tumultuous efforts to, to get that movie made, mm. um, but from the perspective of the screenwriter. Um, plus, it's David Fincher, and I love him. He's great. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, I'm also kind of curious about West Side Story um, as much as mm-hmm. and like I don't know if we need another West Side Story but at the same time it's like Steven Spielberg doing this big budget musical and like I want to see what that's like mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that but cautiously mm-hmm. um, uh, I think that's because, yeah, I had a bunch that Jackie also mentioned. <laughs> I feel like oh my all God. of us need to mention that. <laughs> we didn't know Jackie was going to mention every I upcoming didn't know. movie. I didn't know. Okay? Like, I was sitting here just, like, going through Google, and I'm like, oh, yes, that one, that one, that one, and that one. And it all turned out to be all the ones that you want to see. So, you're welcome. <laughs> Matt, was there, was there one that we missed? I, I just have two very random titles that I would like to throw out because 
um, shockingly, most of my titles were said by Jackie. Oh, so. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the two random ones that just have randomly bubbled up to pique my interest are, number one, I'm just – I'm so amused by the biopic Flamin' Hot – which is the directorial oh. debut of uh, Eva Longoria, <laughs> which is um, about the Mexican immigrant who worked as a janitor for Frito Lay and created Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Like it's his idea. I have not heard of this one. <laughs> I am very intrigued. I'm just I like I love it as an idea of like what a, like a, what a movie to be about. Um, and then the other one is from Sundance, and it is called Iron Bark. Um, and it is a political drama with Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't know a lot about the plot, but because a fair amount of movies come to me because I start listening to their scores or I mm-hmm. hear talking mm-hmm. about composers I like who are attached to them, uh, this one has uh, Abel Korzeniowski, whose work I love. Um, so uh, he doesn't score a ton of stuff, maybe one thing a year, maybe less than that. And so this is like the new film he has. And so I'm like, okay, I just want to go for the music. So. <laughs> The all good answer is we nailed it. So we we're <laughs> our podcast has not been as long as our last one, but I, I think we're I think we're reaching an end. We're reaching a conclusion. I'll let you guys go eat food and enjoy your evenings. <laughs> is there is there anything that we miss? You want to talk about upcoming upcoming film Oscars? You wanna give a shout out to something? Uh Cynthia Revo should have won Best Original Song. Mm. Sorry. That is yes. Um, no, I mean, she would have won an EGOT, which would have been amazing. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm just like, ugh, the power, like the power behind her voice, behind like what the song is saying. Like, it's just, it's everything. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. as far as like her vocals, the message, all of that, like mm-hmm. it, it should have just, it should have won. Like no slight to Sir, Sir Elton John, but I'm just like. <laughs> Cynthia Revo, like needed to win it, like that. That that was my thing. I was very, I was not happy, <laughs> like <laughs> sitting there, and I'm just like, like just stewing. Um, See, I like yeah. she's one where I'd like to say, well, she'll win her Oscar eventually. Because obviously, she has the talent, but yeah. Oh, yeah. but it's that's the thing. It's like we, you know, will, will she get nominated? Will she get the right, right. role? I mean, yeah. I would like to see her get that you got. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. It was also a case where obviously we're not awarding the Oscar based on the performance during the ceremony, mm-hmm. but I was just, I was so impressed as if you already were not impressed by her. Mm-hmm. I thought that performance during the ceremony was yes. flawless, yes. completely yeah. start to finish. Absolutely. Exact. Like the fact that even at the end, like the camera swirled and she looked and I was yeah. like, perfection. Right. They yeah. should give, uh, Awards <laughs> in ceremony. <laughs> that would be amazing. Just it. They were like, never mind. Yeah. Snatch yeah. that off. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, no. You're like, oh, you, you just messed that up. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You could um, add that to the bingo board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar switches hands during ceremony. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> yeah, but when she sang that, everyone at my house was like, okay, we're changing our vote. Like, everyone's <laughs> changing that to her. Like, she's going to get it for sure. Yeah. And we were like, are nope. you kidding me? Ugh. Another yeah, thing. Crazy. One more thing, because I just keep talking. Here, here we go. Um, so while they were, like, playing clips, because Matt and I are insane about movie scores. So, like, when they're playing each of the clips of the uh the scores that were nominated and everything, I completely forgot about 1917 score. <laughs> like, I seriously, I had. And then they, they were playing it, and I'm just like, 
oh my god yes no i need to go download this score because it's amazing it's thomas newman like one of my favorites he's just yeah he's just awesome and i'm like listening and i'm like and then they cut it off and i'm like no i want to listen to more <laughs> um yeah i i thought that was gonna win for sure but i think it's a fairly not traditional score for him so i think it's really yeah. it's really interesting yeah, and, yeah, but yeah. it it's got a lot of very more like undercurrent mm -hmm. pieces yeah but then yeah the the, the more iconic -y, larger pieces are right. i think because thomas newman right. has like that same sort of i don't know what woodwind instrument it i forget which woodwind instrument it is but like he has the same like sort of riff that's like throughout all of his music and everything like if you listen to a bunch of his scores there's like sort of that like same theme like throughout like each just like one little riff uh, and, and then this one I didn't notice it at all and I'm like okay this is very different kind of like how like Hans Zimmer for like the most part has had those same sort of um like he was big into like percussion and using mm -hmm. percussion and the synthesizer yeah. and everything and then for interstellar it was very not it was it was not that at all yeah. so that was thomas newman's this yeah. one but yeah we're gonna go off on our own <laughs> yeah <road>. seriously <laughs> like, seriously like, we'll, crazy, we'll do another episode of yes. that we'll yeah. get thomas newman to score the podcast yes. oh my gosh yes no relation to randy newman right i don't, I don't no, yes, oh, there does. Is? i actually there. found that out on sunday i was like wait they're cousins what? what? Yeah. <laughs> right? David Newman, who often conducts the uh, L.A. Philharmonic. Stop. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> We're I, dropping oh. knowledge here <laughs> on this podcast. No, I was just going to say, I liked the way that actually they, they handled the, that presentation for the scores this year. I thought that was nice. Mm. Yeah, it was yeah, fun. Yeah, I liked it. Even if I wasn't crazy about the whole, they got the, the first female conductor to, to just do it for that section. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's not give you too much credit. You could have just hired her to conduct that orchestra for the whole ceremony. Yeah. Right. Instead of wanting yeah. credit for the five minutes. <laughs> not yes. even. She was awesome, though. I got she into was, her was, energy was. during that. I'm like, oh, this is good. And, and yeah. someone at the party we were at mentioned her, like, her, like, George Jetson yes. like, like yeah. outfit. Yes. We were like, yes, I love it. <laughs> like, amazing. Which, obviously, you can't see us, but I'm wearing the same outfit right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for not giving you the credit. Also. Yeah. <laughs> Please, Matt, come on. We're coworkers now. You have to give me credit. All right, well, that's it for our podcast. Thank you for listening to this whole thing. We, I, I wonder how many people make it through. Hopefully, there's a few. Um, thanks to my guest, Beth, Adam, Matt, and Jackie. Movies in a Microphone is brought to you by WXXI and the Little Theater. Remember, it's always a good time to take a little break.